Darkcast Network. Out of the shadows comes the best of indie podcasts. Welcome to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. And I'm Alana. I'm Kelsey. And we are past episode 100, so hello. <laughs> wow. How are you? We're good. Glad to be here. Yes. I can't believe it. Triple digits. Triple digits. Yes. Single networks. Several yeah. handfuls of patrons, maybe. <laughs> and fans. I can't wait till those are in the triple digits. All the fans. <laughs> yeah. Spread the word of mouth. Spread the good gospel, people. If you like us, um, let them know. We just want to reach all the more ears because, ah, oh, it's been fun. And that last episode was really fun. <laughs> yes. A blast recording that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, we Played had lots along. of fun. Yeah. yeah. It was tough. I must yeah. have said this is hard 10 million times. That's what she said. <laughs> trying to guess top 10 lists which it's really um, hard it is i have to say that 10-ish pod makes it seem easy and um i was quizzing pat after the fact and saying well who was it you said to me for one of the clues anthony hopkins benicio del toro and the one other person that was in the movie or whatever and i just oh. I just said the three names to him and I, I didn't even preface it with like anything. He's like in the bathtub. And then I'm like, what would you say to that? And he goes, like, the wolf oh, the man. wolf man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, the <laughs> wolf like, man. And I was like, oh, you were so good at this. I wanted God to use you as a lifeline. Yeah. Phone a pat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll do that now but- on now on for any movie trivia we can't figure out like we need to phone up at and <laughs> you can just go downstairs and ask Pat, what movie are we talking about what are we thinking of right now i apparently i'm always just begging my my family now to be part of the content i'm like but you're so good you're so interesting look how much you can talk about things like yeah. that was easy on our patron episode where he was reviewing the documentary with me and yeah. Oh, he watched the next doc we're going to review, the Murdoch murders with me for our April <laughs> episode. And like, yeah, he had some things to say about that, <laughs> of course. Yes. So. Anyway, that was funny. He was and then he was threatening to um, now I'm going to have to listen to the episode and see how, how good you did on the. Oh, guessing. God. <laughs> can also listen to how terrible I was at coming up with uh, hints for you. That was Actually, also painful. No, that was pretty good. You know, it's like when you watch someone play um, those games where you have to give hints, like for taboo or something where you can't say the word yeah. or charades I... or whatever. It's tough. <laughs> I have too much like social anxiety to enjoy playing any of those games. Well, because <clears throat> especially if you don't know the partner you're playing with, it can be really hard. Yeah, um, like I always think of the Four Christmases movie with Vince Vaughn and Reese <gasps> Witherspoon, which I'm not going to yeah. make that stupid joke about her again. But 
um the her like he, he has three brothers in the movie and so he comes from like uh not as well off of a family as he is now that he's an adult or whatever vince vaughn's character and so they go back to like his dad's house and then his brother and his wife are playing it and she's all preggers and not that they're white trash but she's like serving the the little crackers with like the spray cheese and yeah. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's yeah. all like what's this oh from a can lovely you know <laughs> but then they're playing the taboo and they're just like yeah. lightning they're like that time that person hit on me and you punched him out no I don't know they're just like yeah. and it was like this place that thing whatever and they just get it yeah. right off the bat and uh yeah it can be fun um my my best friend when we were in high school we were like that uh oh people nice. used to hate playing what is it charades yeah we really yeah. hated playing charades with act us. <laughs> yeah because especially when as a group you're the ones that wrote everything that's like in the hat uh oh okay so like you're all we made had, up charades kind of yeah we had so many inside jokes that like we just do like a hand gesture and the person would be like it's this and you'd be like right and then oh no <laughs> like it but would take nobody like, else two could seconds. get it <laughs> yeah it'd be like two second rounds because oh like, no boom, missed oh done <laughs> that is yes that is what yeah. happens in this movie it's just like mm -hmm. speed round kind of thing yeah. <laughs> nobody else has a chance <laughs> yeah but we had once that was oh, like funny. what actors movies tv shows songs bands everything <laughs> there's answers yeah. people come up with i think i was telling you <gasps> something about last time caitlin and grant were over and we were playing we had the classic taboo and oh my god what did i say i think i was telling you but it was something like a person who is a sneak or something and she's like a bitch or something that i was just like <laughs> i was like wait that's <laughs> a person who is foolish or something <laughs> i was like wait what <laughs> i do not remember you telling me that <laughs> oh god damn it i'm gonna have to i remember what she guessed at the time Oh no. Don't make me go listen to back episodes to recall what I can't remember. <laughs> Ressa, help it. her out. Text her. Text her what my she's talking about. Oh, Ressa. Yes. The elephant of my family. She remembers everything. Mine like a steel trap. <laughs> I'm pretty good, but sometimes yeah, I'm not. You are. I rely on Pat to be my movie memory. Is it what yeah. that movie? Did we see that movie? <laughs> what happened to that movie? <laughs> but then he can usually jog it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, we're talking about something this week. It's not any of that. <laughs> no. I just always have to tangent a little bit. <laughs> Well, we're talking about some mistaken identity crimes this week. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't done this. <laughs> no, we... I thought of this episode and put it on my list as a future episode topic around the same time we did Horrible Hitmen. Because this comes up quite a lot of people being horrible hitmen because they killed yeah. the wrong person. 
and then we put it off because it's yeah. a pretty it could be a pretty similar topic so we're like we need some episodes in between yeah like there's some overlap but at the same time yeah. you hate to reduce someone's murder to like a blurb in a yeah bad killer episode like yeah because there's so much yeah. more to those cases usually so yeah i'm really excited <laughs> uh and I have kind of the fun fact this week. I ran across it when I was looking at my case. So I put it at the beginning of my segment. (laughs) And this was from history.howstuffworks.com. I feel like I've heard of howstuffworks.com before. Yeah, that one can be good for just straight up info. (laughs) Yeah, these it came up in little lists about... This was technically about DNA. It was talking about issues with DNA Mm. results and that causing mistaken identities. So this was number four on the list. And that was that uh, it's a transplant transplant recipient chilled to the marrow. Because they love a a good part. And it says bone marrow. Right? This was, I found really interesting. (laughs) It says bone marrow transplants can cause criminal mix-ups. Police investigating one particular sexual assault case must have thought the case was going well. They had a semen sample with usable DNA and it matched DNA of an Alaskan man already in the system. There was just one hitch. The man in question had been in jail when the crime was committed. Was it a mix-up in the system? No. Although that's the what the technicians first thought. In truth, the solution was even stranger. One year earlier, the jailed man had received bone marrow from the actual assailant, his brother. And it had like the some more about that. The prison got the marrow. Mm-hmm. Er, okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it had a bit more, and then it just at the bottom said, today bone marrow recipients sometimes retain some of their own marrow and end up with mixed genetic profiles. But in this case, the jailed man had lost all of his original marrow, and so he registered as a full 100% match for the criminal in question. Oh my god. Which I knew nothing about this. That's wild. It... And that then, is crazy. Yes, the hundred percent match, uh, like a full match, a full match in DNA. If you've had a a hundred percent bone marrow transplant, you from his brother too. Yeah, this one ended up being his brother, who was the actual one that uh, committed the sexual assault. So I mean, they're not a great family because one brother's already in prison, the other one's out there sexually assaulting people. But <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, I have some similarities in my intro, but oh. <laughs> it's not the same case. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then the last little blurb it had on that little part, because it had, I think, 10, 10 little stories. This one, I think, was the most interesting. Other ones were kind of like, eh. Uh, <laughs> only the best <laughs> for us yeah. uh, it also said by the way mixed DNA can also show up on cheek swabs if you've it says if you've been smooching and then oh my god <laughs> yeah it also says according to a 2013 study DNA can linger in your mouth for up to an hour 
a fact that could potentially help catch sexual predators. So that's why they do for like rape kits and stuff like that. They may do cheek swabs and everything. Uh, That's good. Mm -hmm, Um, Because then they can, they'd be able to rule out your DNA and hopefully uh, narrow down the DNA profile of the, the perpetrator. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I don't love the idea of it lingering, but oh my god, no. the idea of the DNA mixing. I've heard of similar things, maybe yeah. like once before, but it's always been like, that is fucking fascinating. Because I've yeah. heard of it a little bit in terms of like, you're almost a DNA chimera or whatever, because yeah. if you get a transplant, then your DNA can like mix. And so I thought somebody talked about one case where this mother um, was applying for, like, some sort of social assistance because of the kids she had. But before she could get, like, the welfare or whatever, she had to, like, prove that they were hers because their DNA did not fully match hers. And as it turned out... Yeah, which is so weird. Yeah, I think in her case, she had actually absorbed a sibling or twin in the womb kind of thing. And so that had put dna in her like uterus that wasn't fully hers like it's great yeah it can happen you can have different dna in your uterus than the rest of your body i've heard of that before just seems wild yeah and i'd never heard about like bone marrow transplants like actually altering somebody's dna profile that's crazy to me yeah, it's almost, it's to me, it's almost a Simpsons Halloween horror episode where they, yeah. someone gets Snape's transplanted hair. Oh, Homer, he gets Snape's transplanted hair and Snape's oh, the God. criminal guy. So then he starts being like all criminal and like, <laughs> you know, driving around and running away from the cops. And you hear that about like organ transplants, maybe. Yeah. But the whole DNA mixing, that's a whole nother, we could do a like a chimera crimes episode maybe because we briefly even mentioned that one that you um told me about on forensic files where the yeah. doctor like put fucking the little what? tube of blood in his arm in his arm in his actual arm yeah to fake the test that he didn't rape the girl it just i can't get over that that is insane and he had that little tube in his arm for a year because they tried to do blood work yeah. again a year later because she kept pushing at him and they finally got yeah. it. And then they, when they went to withdraw it the second time, it was so old. They're like, this blood like is so old. They couldn't, I don't test even know if they it. could really test it or anything, but the technician was like, But they had seen like, it come looks... out of his arm. Yeah, they're like, this blood is so old and it looked wrong and everything. But yeah, it was, this little tube was still in his arm for a year. Like, it's so gross the shit somebody will go through to fucking make sure they don't get prosecuted for a sexual assault that would yeah yeah like then don't commit the sexual assault my god my dude (laughs) that was in canada too what the fuck (laughs) yeah any who's it i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) those fun facts are (laughs) crazy sometimes uh crack I'm, i'm ready to crack into it (laughs) all right uh that brings me in mine is a full full full-blown murder case and 
Of course. It... <laughs> Pour yourself more drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. This is uh, Murder of Jane Eliza Thurgood Dove. It's a hyphenated last name, Thurgood Dove. She sounds uh, like a Jane Austen character or something. Right? That's quite the name. I think it's Aww. pretty nice, though. Uh, is this an older case? From 1977. A little older. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The name was very fancy. I was like, is yeah. this from the 1800s? No, (laughs) Uh, I don't have a ton of information. Basically, out of all my sources, the only background I could find on Jane was that she was born March 17th, 1963 in Australia. St. Patrick's Day. I always wanted that birthday. (laughs) In Australia. Uh, Okay. Yeah. To parents, Helen, uh, one source said like Helene. Okay. Um, yeah, with an E at the end or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and John Magill or Magill, okay. maybe. Uh, I know. I never so know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> Tomato. On, no- <laughs> on November 6, 1977, this jumps right into her murder. I'm sorry, guys. I have nothing else to tell you about her life. I don't even know her husband's name. <laughs> I have also it- very... It's so hard. What's the opposite of heavy? (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to find details on these sometimes. Yeah, this was really, really hard. Uh, So November 6, 1977, Jane, at the time, age 34, had just finished picking up her children from school. And they had all driven home. Uh, They're parked in the driveway at about 3.40 p.m. Okay. And she had just gotten out of her four-wheel drive vehicle and Jane, when Jane is sen- suddenly confronted on the driveway of their house in Melbourne by, there's two different, I guess, descriptions of what happens next. The first one being that a short pot-bellied man uh, <laughs> kind of confronted her on her driveway and started chasing her and basically chasing her so they were running around her vehicle kind of in circles oh Uh, yeah keep in mind like she's she's not gonna yeah she's not gonna run away because her her kids are still in the vehicle um so yeah Yeah. she's they're basically just encircling he's on one side she's on the other and they're kind of just going around in circles around her vehicle this is one description of what happens um, it said that Jane then tripped and fell. The man suddenly stood over her and pulled out a large caliber pistol, shooting her repeatedly in the head and torso, killing her instantly. Oh my god. Yeah. This was all in full view of her three children who are still in the car. Their ages no. differ in some of the sources, but the one that in the police source I could find said they were seven, six, not seven, 11, six, and three. And they're like in the vehicle. Oh yeah. my god. Mm-hmm. Did he even know there was kids in the car? I mean, he obviously couldn't have cared. I know we're doing mistaken identity murder, I think so it's like I have did. some information. 
Yeah, I think he knew there was kids in the vehicle because that's a get to it. But yeah. Oh Um, my god. Then the other source. So that's one version of what happened. The other version, and this is from the police. Like I ended up reading police. What was it? Um, I think it was police.vic.gov. Like it's a website they have in Australia for mm. um these Victoria police. Yeah, uh, they yeah they had some information what they said uh because they didn't agree with that. They said so again. She's on the driveway. She has the four wheel drive vehicle. She gets out of it. And then the police uh, notice said that a stolen metallic blue Holden Commodore vehicle pulled up outside the front of her property and a gunman uh, stepped out of the vehicle and shot Jane while she stood in her driveway. So like hadn't chased her, she hadn't tripped, he hadn't stood over her. Um, That he had just gotten out of the vehicle and just shot her basically immediately. Um, So either way... This yeah. story say she's in her driveway. Yeah, of her house with her kids in the car. Um, wow. So the man then ran to this waiting getaway vehicle, the blue Holden Commodore, which was a stolen vehicle being driven by a younger and slimmer man. And these two men just sped right off. Um, Him and Potbelly. Yeah. <laughs> right. The perpetrator's car was found later. I'm not sure when. Probably pretty quickly. It wasn't too far away. It had been intentionally set on fire and left nearby on Farrell Street. I think that might have been just a few blocks away. The car was on fire. Yeah, the their getaway car. The perpetrator's getaway car was on fire. Holy shit, yeah. okay. Wasn't yeah. expecting that. uh so investigations uh that they started revealed that the car had been stolen the day before from prince's park in carlton there was an initial reward of a hundred thousand dollars made for any information related to jane's death and murder and police began two lines of investigation the head investigator ron idols suspected either jane's husband or a man that he discovered Jane was having an affair with. Whether or not it was, like, physical, it was definitely emotional on the side of the man she was <laughs> reportedly oh, involved no. with. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's unfortunate, but it doesn't excuse yeah. the fact that she's dead yeah. now. Yeah. What the so, hell? Uh, police first looked into Jane's husband, says we know in true crime, and a lot of the times the husband did it, so they wanted to investigate him. Uh, but they ended up agreeing with her husband's opinion that their marriage was happy and healthy. Uh, looking into his background, they found he was hardworking and had no criminal record, and he was able to po- uh, pass a polygraph. Um, when they asked I mean, him to, like... He's obviously but... innocent then. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we all know Full polygraphs. stamp of approval. Foolproof. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't really find anything in there. 
um, at least from what they investigated. Huh. So the focus then moved on to other people that may have wished Jane harm. And this is when police discovered that Jane had told at least two friends, uh, separate friends, that a well-respected and active policeman was obsessed with her. I think this is like who she was having this affair with or something. Oh, no. And police but she also, also has to tell people he's obsessed with her? Yeah. That's why I'm like, it's it was emotional at least on his part. Um Yeah. All we can I'm see like, is that teenage girl on modern family when <laughs> Phil pretends he's this teenager because it's Halloween, so he's in a costume. So oh, he pretends yeah. to be Rod Skyhook or something. And then this one girl goes, Yeah, we'll go to the party, and then later she's like Rod Skyhook's obsessed with me. <laughs> oh, to kiss me once or something. I think I remember that, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, girl. <laughs> it's literally someone made up, but... <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, guy that's obsessed with her is a well-respected, active policeman. And so police are investigating him find out basically it's a co-worker essentially or at least somebody in another like precinct uh or division i guess so police discovered that since jane's murder that this uh gentleman had been diagnosed with depression i mean plenty of people are and she had just died too um and in 1998 a num what 21 years <laughs> spoiler alert it's unsolved uh no yeah sorry Shitty. Um, in 1998 well Melbourne's- props to people that can do podcasts where they mostly do unsolved crimes because that shit must it. be hard yeah it makes me not able to sleep at night when i hear too many unsolved cases yeah i mean i can't do it i get too freaked out about there being too many people not caught that's what people people have to change careers when they become too desensitized right policemen or you know hospital workers etc that's just what happens i expect that's what happens in true crime too even though we do not do the same thing i'm not trying to compare us to (laughs) emts or anything first responders but it's it's tough it can take a toll (laughs) i am sitting there sometimes on listening to crimes and consequences going what the fuck am i even listening to right now i'm like this is insanity (laughs) standing here washing my dishes like da 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 Eight hours of podcast later, you're like, yeah, yeah. Then he got to take, she got decapitated because of course she did. You know, you're just like so. It's like you're like watching a movie. Yeah, it's it's. You gotta, yeah, you definitely have to try when you're like covering the cases to, yeah, be like, am I being a little (laughs) desensitized or am I good? (laughs) Um. Yeah. So. 21 years after her murder in Melbourne's Herald Sun newspaper ran a front page story with the headline that the policeman was now the prime suspect in Jane's murder. Uh, the policeman, yeah, the policeman did admit to loving her and even at one point or multiple points asking her to leave her husband, but he denied outright that he had killed her. So interesting. Yeah. Police then believed that they he may have hired these two men uh, 
as like hitmen kind of to kill Jane on his behalf when she refused to leave her husband. So following this line of thought, they interviewed this policeman on three separate occasions because he also had no alibi for the time of Jane's murder. Um, And he was the one that couldn't have her. The policeman. Right. Yeah. I mean, Um, the motive looks good. Right. Uh, It said, however, police did have insufficient evidence to charge any suspects that they could possibly have had. There's just nothing to go off. It's all, I wouldn't even say it's circumstantial. Like there's literally just nothing. Yeah, no body. Nothing like that. No, she, well, she was shot. She was shot in her driveway. Sorry, but I guess no other evidence as to who it was. Yeah, like the... Sorry. Yeah, there's no way to tie back, like, the two men to, like, who may have hired them or anything like that. Yeah, Um, very cold. Very calculated. Right? Yeah, exactly. The public expressed concerns at this point that the policeman was continuing to serve, like, an active duty. He was carrying a gun... And everything like that. And there was even other police officers that wanted him removed from operational duties. However, the main command refused to suspend or transfer him after he was able to produce medical and psychiatric evidence that he was fit to continue active duty. Um, Yeah, so... Meaning, like, tests that they ordered, I wonder? With, like... Hmm. I don't know who did them whether it was maybe like an outside psychiatric place that provided him with them or if it was like police provided psychiatric person um but he was able to show that that he was active he was still fit to carry a gun and continue to be a police officer really Um, yeah because i it's tough i know it's a it's it's a gray area when you start getting into levels of mental health issues and yeah yeah, and just because he had depression at the time or shortly after her death doesn't mean he's involved or anything like that i personally don't believe he was involved because there is another line Hmm. of like thought that comes up for what the case is but like Uh, but again it's unsolved so i just from here we tend to be seemingly more strict on that in canada whereas like yeah well stricter gun laws i think in general where we try to be and stuff like that even though as i told you maybe off air there was a recent time where my kid's school had like a shoot or a threat of some kind that they didn't really deem serious because they didn't close the school that day but the kids yeah. knew about it. We're told they could stay home. It was very weird. They didn't want to come Canada. to school because there was something written on the walls or whatever. Yeah, and I'm trying to understand my 15-year-old tell me about this. And I'm like, oh, so it's like this no big deal? Or like they think it's, they said it's not serious. But at the same time, if we want to stay home tomorrow, we can. And I was going like, well, does it say like tomorrow? And she was like, oh, yeah, I had like a date on it. And that's what I was like. Yes, please stay home tomorrow. Yeah. I will be the true crime mom that's just, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Just stay home. Yeah, it's one Whatever. day. 
Yeah. Even if it's nothing. Yeah, right? But better do that than Oh, that was weird. I don't know if we even talked about that, but yeah, that happened. Um and um part of the reason like well, you know, Pat was in the military and then of course he's been diagnosed with PTSD and so that's part of the reason why you know, they assess whether you're capable to stay in your job doing what you're doing in the military and whether or not you can have a gun and stuff like that. So even if you have PTSD, they might take you off that kind of shit. And then like, you know, they had him like teaching people and stuff just because, and not because he was violent or anything, but he had pretty, you know, severe PTSD and they're like, just in case. (laughs) <laughs> let's have you not have a gun or stuff like that like I, we're pretty serious about it that way here i don't know yeah it's good yeah you have to take it's that tough. kind of stuff really serious but it doesn't mean that you have to write people off completely and no you don't know who's gonna go like postal that. you just don't yeah <laughs> yeah that's um, the scary part for sure yeah uh Oh, I did find in my research, one of the sources said that this policeman did end up failing a polygraph, uh, but it didn't say, it said that it was in the year 2000, so that would have been, what, 27 year, no, 23 years after her murder, so I don't know oh. if it was related to that case or not, because it was, okay, yeah. Um, it seems whatever. like not great evidence either way. Yeah. Um, and then in October 2003, the Herald Sun quoted a senior homicide detective who said that they had eliminated the policeman um, as their like as being involved, and that he oh. had been their only prime suspect. So now they're at really? nobody um, at this point. That the Damn. Victorian government at this time then upgraded the hundred thousand dollars. I think I said reward um it was now increased to a million dollars for seeking information that would lead to a conviction wow and this did leave lead to police receiving some new information about the case a Um, million dollar reward oh my god i would Uh, i bet they got a lot of not relevant stuff probably (laughs) i mean but that's what they were hoping for to dredge up anybody that might yeah. have seen anything inconsequential they might have thought and but... it's been wow. what at that point it was over 20 years like <sighs> people are more likely to talk kind of the longer you wait i guess uh, yeah um, in certain cases especially if people have yeah. died yeah yeah um so this led the new information they received was that a group of i think it's g long uh, G-Long bikers uh, oh. were being implicated in the murder. Uh, the tips said How that... How is this spelled? This, this, this is a biker name? I'm sorry. I think it's like a bike group. G-E-E and then Long. G-Long. Oh, no, I've never seen that anywhere. Sorry, I was just Yeah, curious. it must be a biker gang. Um, right, maybe you get, like, yeah. uh, fucking... Fuck, I can't remember. Sons of Anarchy and all that over yeah. here. <laughs> Whatever. There are no Hell's Angels. Uh, Hell's Angels, yeah. Or the Rebels. I remember any of them all of a sudden. 
it's 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 Arnold movies all over again. And I was saying to Pat, I suddenly couldn't remember any of his movies. And he goes, this, that, end of days. I was like, damn it, that was the movie. <laughs> end of days. And I go, it's an Arnold movie, but not the Terminator. I said, or, I said, or Jingle Bells, or <laughs> Jingle Bells, the last yeah. action hero, or... We're thinking of anything that came out post-Terminator because this is when we were alive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, for more information, see our Patreon. (laughs) No, that was not Patreon. That was last episode. (laughs) Okay, we've been recording a lot for Patreon and we do a lot of fun stuff over there, so sometimes I get confused. Yeah. Uh, Yes, the tip these bikers are now being implicated in Jane's murder. It is then further stated that Jane was mistakenly murdered and that the real target had been a woman of similar appearance, also with a four-wheel drive vehicle, like Jane's, who lived a few houses down on the corner property on the same street. And it was said in one of the sources also that they were to be looking for a target that had three young children. Which no, is why they, even the which kids is, was part of the details. Well, it was like to help identify them, but if it's mistaken identity, like <sighs> all these fit to Jane as well as this other supposed person. That's true. Um, That's true. I yeah. hate whenever someone's freaking vehicle is used to help quote unquote identify them because yeah, it usually scary. doesn't. <laughs> like yeah. Lots of people have similar cars, man. Yeah, or you could be borrowing somebody's vehicle. That's scary. I see um, a blue Tucson. I'm like, there's Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you know their license plate, you probably should not be doing shit to them. I have no idea what your license plate is. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to say it. No. No. <laughs> there was like something I was listening to earlier, and they were talking about a Am I the Asshole from Reddit, and... <laughs> His dad got her kid a KitchenAid, and how dare he? It was gray, and she was like, that is my least favorite color, and so I gave it away, and then he asked where it was, because it was like an $800 KitchenAid mixer or something, and she was like, I gave it to my friend, because I didn't like the color, and it didn't fit here, and if you knew me, you would have known that. And everyone was like, wow, you're the asshole. (laughs) Yeah, a thousand percent. I would never buy you anything again ever in your life. He will not guarantee that dad yeah. will not. Oh. Anyway, we should definitely continue our Reddit segments on Patreon because yeah. there's so much gold like that there. Oh my god. I would not be able to handle that. I would get so angry. It's insane. Um. I love Am I the Asshole? <laughs> But um, if you have to write to it, you might be the asshole. So just be prepared. Yeah, <laughs> if you're probably writing a lot to Reddit, you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I might have been the asshole when I did this. <laughs> yeah, likely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, they received that information. So police are kind of intrigued by that they start offering potential indemnity deal with the former biker who was suspected of being the getaway driver that day um so they might have received a separate tip or something that they were able to get this person's name i'm not really sure how it worked okay um 
So they were going to offer indemnity to the getaway driver in return for identity, identifying the person who hired the pair or who organized the hit. Um, the two oh, wow. men that they identified as being either the shooter and the driver was Stephen John Morty and Jamie Reynolds. Um, they were named as stealing the vehicle and killing Jane. However, by the time they were named, Morty had died in 2000 from a heart attack and Reynolds had died in 2006 during a boating accident. Oh my god. they couldn't be, like, identified, interviewed, pressed for information or anything like that. Seriously. Because, like, you did say that this was, like, 20 years after. Yeah, like, she was murdered in 1977, so, Damn. I mean, yeah, it's been a long time, mm-hmm. it's coming up almost 50 years, like, Star Wars, yeah, and that's when the first Star Wars came out, <laughs> um, yeah, so this, uh, oh, this was from part of an article, that's really all I found about the main case. This next part was from 9news.com.au. And this was the most up-to-date thing I could find on the case. It was published by mm. Luke Mortimer in 2017. Okay. 2017. Oh. <laughs> um, I was everything. like, okay, 2000. Not that <laughs> recent. <laughs> no. Sorry, I think everything else was 2005. And this was 2017. I was like, okay. Okay, and this. fair enough. And and some people I know will say, like, 2019 instead of 2019. And I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> I go either way. It depends on the year. Yeah. It's, sometimes it just slips out one way or the other. <laughs> like, I will say 2020 and I will never say, like, 2020. Yeah, that sounds weird. Or 2021. Although 2020 was so long, you'd think they yeah. would say the great year of our the misfortune. The decade that is 2020. Yeah. We're not better. Um, <laughs> so this was kind of interesting. It said shock twist revealed in Oaks Day cold case murder. Shock uh, that twist? Was the yeah. Um, Clickbait. <laughs> This, yeah, it doesn't have really anything shocking in it other than the fact that these people tracked down the supposed woman that fit Jane's description that lived a few houses down that could have been the actual intended target. They basically confronted her. Yeah. And this is how we don't even know who she is or the name of her. Um, it may say their name. I'm not too sure. Um, no, I don't think it does. Wow. Um, this was done for what was the TV program called? Um, <laughs> not, not unsolved exactly mysteries. Sure. <laughs> no, they. It was a TV program, kind of like twenty, like twenty minutes or like twenty twenty. Or whatever that'll do little okay. like segments. It was that kind of thing. They were doing like a quick segment mm-hmm. about the case, and then they had tacked this on of like tracking this person down and like 
confrontational journalism we knock on their door and shove a microphone in their face we're like (laughs) would you like to comment on this um and this is how that went really fun i guess um i love it no (laughs) these are little blurbs uh it said a masked man armed with a shovel has sensationally threatened oh a current affair crew so the show was called a current affair um it said they were confronted today during its investigation into those with historic links to the jane thurgood dove murder case a current affair visited a melbourne address in an attempt to track down the woman police believe was the intended target of the botched hit when they were told to go get effed by a man cleaning a boat at the property and wearing a safety mask um (laughs) sorry and this was that pre-COVID. Would be funny what the so person like, why said. is he wearing a mask? No, Don't no. get effed. If we didn't have the punctuation in there or the pause, it could have been a man said, go get effed by the man in this mask down at the end of the harbor. <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is you said. Go get effed by the man cleaning the boat and wearing a safety mask. <laughs> it's like one a very the... specific like... <laughs> yeah, it's go, one of the rooms at the club. It. Shove it. It's one of the the rooms at the club. Just go get effed <laughs> by the man cleaning the boat and wearing a mask. It's a very specific sex euphemism. <laughs> You've heard of docking. Now have you heard <laughs> the man in the the club? I don't um, know. Carry on. <laughs> um. Yeah. So as the crew were getting back into their vehicle, the man emerged from the property with a shovel and threatened the crew. A current oh, affair no. will tonight reveal a disgraced lawyer that arguably, arguably, uh, that arguably Australia's greatest detective. Oh, I was like, how does this sentence make that sense? Was arguably Australia's greatest? No. Uh, reveal a disgraced <laughs> lawyer that arguably Australia's greatest detective, Ron Idols, believes contracted the hit in a twisted act of revenge intended to take out the wife of a rival criminal. So apparently it was. Oh, that sentence a was a lawyer. Yeah, convoluted. That's yeah. It was a little um, janky. <laughs> yeah, but if you remember, Ron Idols is the um was the lead investigator in her murder when it first happened. So he believes so, that a disgraced lawyer took out the hit for this rival, like criminal's wife. And then it got like mixed up, and then Jane got murdered instead. Yeah, that is confusing, or 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 layered. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> it said that this this it. woman that they confronted, I guess, was the only other mom on Muriel Street with three children, a four wheel drive vehicle, blonde hair, and lived just three houses from a road. So like three houses in. Um, oh my god from the road yeah and this is what they're using to identify people with that they're gonna kill yeah presumably she's blonde she's a mom suburban uh three kids you know at the end of the road oh three houses from the left my left (laughs) like come on can we be a little bit more specific right this is someone's life here yeah uh so continues saying former victorian homicide detective charlie bazina said that incompetence of the crooks was what made it so terrifying to everyday australians 
quote, yeah. it was the bumbling foolish offenders that just got the wrong target. They were certainly hunting down for a particular woman. They had a description of the person in the house and it was similar. I mean, I would hope that wouldn't be good enough because, yeah, I would be scared, right. too, if I were the public. Yeah, they're going to yeah. think I'm similar <laughs> to someone they need to kill. That's going to be the end of me. And I don't mean to laugh, but it's terrible. Like, it's just yeah, right? not a mistake that needs to be, like, made. Um, I don't know if this is also from Mr. Bazina saying, quote... Just the whole flow on of events was so tragic. It's beyond words. An innocent woman being gunned down in her own driveway in front of her children. And she had nothing to do with anything. No. Um, Nor did any of her family, including those children and everyone right? else. Yeah. The repercussions are, you know, they just, they're staggering. Yeah. Um. Oh, it just re-mentions the one million dollars reward on the table for information leading to the conviction of those behind the murder um okay article continues saying that prompted a close associate of morty to tell the police he had confessed his involvement but police are still yet to nail a direct link back to the solicitor time is running out for thurgood dove's dad john uh magil or magil who's aged 83 who said he's desperate oh. for answers and to secure justice for his daughter before he dies. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and they only really have the one suspect or whatever. Yeah, gang. well, like, they're, they're two, the two that they believed are involved are dead, so they don't really have a right. way to track down who right. hired the hit or who was <sighs> more so involved, I guess. Um, yeah, that sucks the colder and longer the cases go on. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, it says King also spoke to neighbors who heard the murder unfold and saw the gory aftermath, many of whom remember Jane as a really lovely lady um, and saying it was a shock to see it happen. Oh, this is the one that says, yeah. oh no, it must <laughs> be a neighbor. No, the neighbor's name is Helene, and Jane's mother's name is Helen. That's where I got Helene from. It confused oh, me. okay. Because this says Helene, who lived on Muriel Street for 65 years, told King, her father's never got over it. I see him occasionally, and he's never gotten over it ever, so it's pretty bad. Um, recalling the horror of the day 20 years ago, Helene said one boy who lived on the street was left traumatized and struggled to recover after walking past as the murder unfolded and many neighbors were still too scared to speak even two decades on telling king of their fear of underworld links to the murder um so somebody might have even witnessed the little boy yeah like other than her kids witnessing it there's like other neighbors and stuff i mean kids are coming home from school at 3 40 it can be pretty active in like neighborhoods people picking up their kids and stuff oh yeah no you're right you're right this is just horrible i'm trying Um, to block it out before it's even over (laughs) three kids witnessed it great no moving on (laughs) i'm sorry um yeah, so that's it for that article. So no one's ever been charged with Jane's tragic murder, and her oh case God. remains unsolved. Police are still asking for any information about the case, and the $1 million reward, as far as I can tell, still stands. 
as well as the consideration wow. of indemnity for any involvement if your info or information leads to a conviction. Uh, wow, that sucks. They're desperate. Yeah. The case is actually one of five cold cases now open to the public in an online hub um, in, like, the uh, Victoria, like, Australia police. They posted the thing. That's where I verified a lot of my information from. Oh. Um, is this is they basically have like a little video that tells you about it and then a little summary, which is basically oh, really? all the information I gave you. That's all they have. Um, but they have a little so, video that's kind of cool. I think it just summarizes that somebody's like narrating it or something. Oh. Um, so this little online hub is in the hopes that the, a member of the public can solve the case or provide new information. The website is the first of its kind in Australia, and Victoria Police will produce a video for each case with an investigator talking through the facts and along with photos and what police are looking for from the public. Um, it also said they kind of hope to keep adding more cold cases to it, um, like one every couple weeks, I think they said. Um, oh, okay. As far as yeah, cold cases the they already have. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You want to just add cold cases. We have That's a quota the least for of the what number police of officers want, I'm sure. Yeah. We have a quota for the number of cold cases we need to have on file. That would suck. And I'm just never one to really get political, but hate kind of when people are just have this stance of like all police officers get in it for bad reasons and yeah power hungry and like oh my god how many people have laid down their lives protecting us a couple of edmonton police officers recently passed away like shot down the line of fire like yeah it's like getting into the military they know they could die in that job like (sighs) anyway (laughs) not saying they're not some bad cops but you know i'm i'm not a proponent of all cops are bad fucking type of propaganda yeah i hate that um so jane's parents john and helen still hope that someone out there has information on who's responsible uh for having jane killed uh this quote is from helen saying we gathered around and oh this is about the kids her kids i don't know what happened to her husband again i don't even know his name um yeah Yeah, uh so yeah this is helen saying we gathered around and showed them love and attention and care they all went about going through school they have jobs and are content as far as i know but they don't seem to mention their mom much and i don't think or sorry and i think if this was solved it may make all the difference in the world Um, it's kind of sad that like they don't talk about her or anything um sounds extremely traumatic yeah uh the last thing i wanted to mention was just for the case that anyone with information is urged to contact crime stoppers victoria uh on 1-800-333-000 or sub- you can even submit a confidential report via the crime stoppers victoria website um, we have crime stoppers too. I have them yeah. listed in one of my cases. Yeah, but that's all I have. I normally d- 
don't like to do unsolved things, but when I ran across this one, I don't know, I, I felt for, like, the kids having witnessed everything, and... <sighs> Their story needs how... to be told just as well. Even yeah, more like so sometimes, because it, it, it could is. help. Yeah, Not that we have a huge audience, but... And I'm not trying to <laughs> get above our britches, but... Yeah, and in, in those cases, it can make you want to tell it more, in a way. Yeah, but with all the, I guess, cold cases that keep getting solved lately, I I hope this one is able to get solved by somebody out there um, yeah. with information, finally feels ready to come forward so they can True. let the family know what happened. Yeah, because witnesses, that can be a big thing. Yeah. And then this was just before the onset of early DNA testing. Really. Yeah. That stuff was really the 80s. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Damn it. It's like, yeah. Those poor kiddos. Yeah. Hopefully they can solve it because. Yeah. The whole family. They're out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. yeah the whole family needs to know what happened so and it's always something so senseless like a freaking yeah in this yeah. case totally mistaken like gang yeah violence, that's, that's whatever. the main theory that the police are going with now having ruled out the the police officer she may have been involved with this is their main theory and it's now. like it's hard to tell what's worse if you're right? just gunned down your daily life as an innocent person, or you just like went out to some concert one night and got gunned down as an innocent person because you were like in America where people get shot yeah. at places all the time. And it's like, it just, it's unfair. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. These ones are, they're rough. That, yeah. I can, I can listen to stories like this on podcasts, but when it comes to us covering them, it's harder. Yeah. Let me fucking tell you. It's yeah, it is. Harder. I don't know why. It is, is. You're more close to the case when you're... And we're not, like, journalists, investigative journalists, but still, you, like, get to know the victims, almost. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, go take a shot. We'll be right back. <laughs> For possibly some less violent things. Possibly <laughs> less violent. No I've promises. I've identity crimes that don't involve killing. Oh, okay. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back. We are back. <laughs> we are and I'm ready. <laughs> she is buckled in. Get ready. Um, <laughs> buckle in, but it's going to be like an amusement park ride. You're going to be amazed at how short it is, especially for an Atlanta <laughs> case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's even a couple cases, really. Um. <laughs> These ones, yeah, were kind of short. So um, I had, as an intro, a murderless mix-up of a Will and William West. Will <laughs> and expl- William West. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, 
there's no other way. <laughs> it's just, just to get into it. Um, so this was, oh, sorry. I sentenced this really weird. Um, pre fingerprinting in the jails in the U S they used the Bertillon system. Maybe it's just Bertillon. Again, one of those words where I'm like, I haven't heard it said out loud. <laughs> Never even heard it before now. <laughs> Correct me. Come at me. No. So whatever it's called, the Bertillon system to record and identify like the convicts or the prisoners. Um, so this was in 1903 when an African-American named Will West arrived at the prison in Leavenworth, Kansas. We're in Kansas, y'all. Okay. <laughs> and his measurements were taken like any other prisoner being processed at the time where they would do like kind of like chest measurements and height and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I yeah. think I know this one. Really? I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, was it? Oh, I think they've talked about it for some reason on mysteries at the museum. Like, they have something um, related to this there. And that's not the movie with... uh... No, that's Night at the Museum. (laughs) I couldn't even think of the people. I was like, no. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? Yeah. I wanted to say Ben Affleck because I just listened to him on Smartless the other day. (laughs) Anyway couldn't get him out of my head oh my god it was the funny part though because you know um ben affleck is uh with jennifer lopez again so they were interviewing him and then they're talking to him on the smartless pod and then they go oh hi there she is hey jen whatever and (laughs) oh yeah we want to say hi to you or something and like she must just come into the room and got accosted to be on the podcast as with any of my <laughs> family. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Especially they're famous. And then, uh, so Sean Hayes from that show, who is like on Will and Grace and whatnot, he's the gay one. And he's like, they're like, Oh, weren't you going to give us some her song? And he goes, Oh yeah. I just want to sing for you. It's like, he's like waiting for the night. Oh, <laughs> Oh, love, it's waiting for tonight. <laughs> and they all just start laughing at him. Like, which is my favorite part of that fucking show when they start ribbing each other. It's just the best. Nice. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, I just want to get some of those smartless numbers over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> J-Lo, come on the pod. <laughs> Okay, back to 1903, they're being processed, and one prison guard seems to recognize Will and says, we've seen you before, haven't we, kind of thing. And he was like, I think I'd remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Even when they brought out a file on him, and he looked at it and said, well, that's my photo, but I don't know how you got it. I've never been here before. Yeah. (laughs) So they're understandably confused. Their apparent, uh, quote, world-famous Bertillon system of identification was supposed to be foolproof, 
But, you know, like the Titanic and everything else that we put too much trust in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but their records indicated he was currently serving a sentence for murder. Already there. Yeah. <laughs> to their cells and brought back a William West. And they were nearly identical. This is where I did include a, a photo. It, I didn't know if you had, yeah. heard, or had seen it. Um, but they appeared nearly identical. Their fingerprints were not. So the warden, R.W. Oh my God, I don't know how to say that. McClary? <laughs> uh, according to legend, declared that this was the death of Bertillonage. <laughs> So dramatic. <laughs> Death the tuber day. <laughs> yeah, what is this 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 system is clearly not foolproof, so Yeah, it'd be like keeping track of prisoners based on like your shoe size or something just flat out ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody else All could we be could get on this guy was size nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said eight and a half, I said nine. <laughs> Um, oh, so I guess there's a word for it because then I put that they discontinued anthropoma anthropoma nope anthropomorphic anthropometry oh that's what I'm gonna guess it would be said anthropometry that's the next fun. day so that must be the cataloging based on the yeah. the height and the weight and the measurements. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard it referred to that otherwise. Anthropometry. Yep, that's what I'm going to go with. That's how it looks. <laughs> so afterwards, most police departments started using fingerprints. And later research found that, or found that these prisoners had both written letters to members of the same family. So they likely were related. And that's why they looked yeah. so similar. <laughs> Um, and I found out that, in fact, prison records cite that an inmate named George Bean report reportedly knew them beforehand and said that they were actually twins. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had heard before. They were twins separated and didn't know the other existed, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. That part is interesting. I don't know if, if I I'm came remembering across that. correctly, because... Like, if you have twins, why would you name one Will and one William? Like, or both of them William? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. And it's easy it, enough to think that they could have gotten separated. Um, yeah. Just especially if, and yeah, anything about the colored people and all that. Like, I just also end up reading that book that was called the Nova Scotia School of Colored Children. And oh. most... Canadians will know what a residential school is, which was kind of like a place that they rounded up all the poor Native American kids to go and tried to make them all more Christian and stuff. And this was like that, yeah. but for the poor, like black kids in Nova Scotia. Ugh. Oh, it's that's sad. rough. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. This just reminds me of that because, like, they would just get taken away from their parents it was really sad and then there was a lot of abuse so that's not fun but mm -hmm. now we're getting to deal with it generations later right <laughs> yeah need to talk <sighs> about the stuff and learn 
from the mistakes of the past so that it doesn't happen again. I know, and it's like, sometimes I have to be like, oh, so much talk about systemic racism, and do we have that here? But then shit like this comes up where you're like, well, there was orphanages for white kids, but this one was basically an orphanage for black kids that... You know, a black guy thought it would be a good idea and wanted it to be this real good dream. And then, like, unfortunately, black and white people abused the residents, the children, the most vulnerable yeah. victims. And then they just, it just fucks it up for everyone. <laughs> and Canada's have prob- Canada has had problems with, even if you look into, I think they call it the Chinese head tax where they didn't oh was that like immigrants. at the time they were all building the railroads for us here yeah like, and they, slaves? they didn't want chinese people coming into canada so they put a really really high Ugh. basically entry fee for them to pay to be oh. able to come into canada and it was ridiculous and but then... yet we would use them for like slave labor <laughs> yeah oh my God. Sorry, we're just bringing it down tonight. No. Right? Yeah, Canada can suck too. Hey, we sure can. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so yeah. Anthropometry, or however you say that, is a thing. That yeah. must be <laughs> the measuring. But it's interesting because this was before fingerprints and... Oh, yeah, that's where I left off. They might have actually been twins, according to some people who might have known them. Yeah. That would make sense. They I mean, would they look very look... similar. Yeah. Like, other that's than the shadowing the of maybe the lighting of the pictures, it... If you yeah. told me, like, his collar was basically just fixed from one picture to the next, and then... You've been like, that's the same guy. Yeah, I think other than the, I don't know which one is which, but the gentleman on the bottom, (laughs) his, his one ear on the, when you look at the picture on the right side, like sticks Mm -hmm. out from his head just a little bit, even more than his left one does on the other side. And the other guy, both of them are the same. So it's like, oh, his one ear is slightly different. That's it. Other than the lighting in the picture and the shirt collars. <laughs> like, yeah, truly. They do look very yeah. identical. I, yeah. I, but I can see how that wouldn't have been, you know. It could be a problem, especially for us, you know, we're white and we're like, well, maybe you yeah. look more alike than we want to say, but we're afraid to say that because we don't want to sound racist, <laughs> you know. It's like we're totally trying to tread in the other direction now when before nobody cared about being racist so at least that's changed (laughs) um but yeah i thought that one was cool because it came about that they would use fingerprinting from now on because their fingerprints did not match that's how they determined different people (laughs) yeah they're like well i mean obviously at that point they're like they're in the same room or whatever the fuck but (laughs) That Spider-Man meme. Just all pointing at each other like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it uh, did conclude that the second Will West who arrived at the prison did his time for his manslaughter and disappeared. 
and the first quote unquote the one the life mm-hmm. earth was already there had done his time in solitary sometimes and then escaped briefly and eventually was released in 1919 so he got out also oh, okay eventually as well either way they both they both got caught doing some shit <laughs> yeah not great <laughs> And it's like back in the time where like all the cost, like the inmates shit remind their outfits. What am I trying to say? Uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of like, oh brother, where out art thou? It's like the black and white, almost <laughs> traditional like <laughs> jailhouse attire. Uh, okay, so I got a, a couple of short ones because they were um, recent. Not a lot of information. Um, oh. Yeah. First one, unsolved still, also. Um, and that was, the victim's name was Aaron Alexander Smith, um, who uh, died March 13th t- this year, 2023, in Surrey, BC. It's British Columbia, Canada for you non-Canadian folks. Um, I didn't put a, a, there's pictures of him up there. Like if you want to look him up, I, I didn't end up getting one on the drive in time, but he was a younger guy. He was a family guy, loved his wife and kids. He was only 38 years old, um, and was waiting in his vehicle on 167th A street in Surrey and was just waiting for his wife to get it out of an appointment, a massage appointment um when someone came up to his vehicle and opened fire oh wow i know i don't know how reporters do it but i'm really bad at giving these parts they're just shitty um he was just shot and killed in what would appear to be a gang related hit um but they obviously don't believe he was the right target he had no relation to any gang violence which is prevalent in the area um it's just outside of the greater vancouver area i've been there once and yeah honestly i was traveling i was on like a work trip or something working for the last one of the last travel agencies there and like people almost cautioned me not to travel out to Surrey alone on public transit and stuff like that because it's just that rough of a suburb yeah, I don't think I've ever been to Surrey so I mean I mean like I don't know people think Canada is freaking perfect but like we all have problems we're just like little America yeah. we have problems yeah. with homelessness and drugs and violence and mm-hmm. all that yeah, especially here. So, um, the so this was in Surrey, and the Integrated Homicide Division said that fam the family had just moved to Surrey, and had no ties to the apparently ongoing Lower Mainland ga- gang con- conflict. Sorry. Oh, okay. So there's gang violence they know of there, obviously, um, and. Nikki Omen was a cousin of Aaron's and he's actually a Kamloops radio host 
so you can find him online, but he spoke up about the family's loss because, yeah, it was his cousin that died. So he had said, my heart is really broken. Somebody came up while he was waiting and shot him five to seven times. Wow. It's unthinkable. He left behind two young kids and a wife. Sorry. Pardon me. Yeah, so really brutal. And this one is completely ongoing because it just happened. I mean, what did I say? Like a month or two ago? Yeah. So unfortunately, I couldn't get more info, but didn't want to discount it just because of that. Um, Especially because, yeah, if people have information, it could be good. They said it happened just before 8 p.m. and a vehicle had been identified as probably the suspects, like a white Ford rental van. Um, Mm. Yeah, like a moving van was this big thing or a big kind of van thing, I guess, (laughs) like a U-Haul or whatever. Yeah. Anyone that has any information... We are urging anyone with CTV or dash cam footage or who may have witnessed the incident to please contact um, IHIT immediately, said Corporal Suki Desi in a statement. They're seeking CCTV and dash cam footage from areas in the 2300 block of 168th Street and Highway 10th near 144th Street in Surrey for a white Penske Ford white Penske Ford transit van on March 13th between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m. And anyone with information is asked to contact the IHT IHIT information line at 1-877-551-IHIT or 4448 or by email ihitinfo at rcmp-grc.gc.ca I like I also just think that they shouldn't always do the ones now this one at least spelled out the digits but I hit or two 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 tips as I have in my next one is like nobody dials like that anymore where you you have the letters associated with the number pad (laughs) you know that's true that's really a home phone type or rotary phone type thing well, because, yeah, if I bring up the dial pad on my cell phone, it's not necessarily going to say, like, ABC001 or whatever. Yeah. So, they should change it. <laughs> yeah, us people that knew T9Word, though, and you had to hit three times to get to, like, <laughs> twice to get to R and three times to get to S. This but is you could badge still of text, honor. You could still text up. almost as fast. It was wild. They're early texters. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. I didn't know if you had a, a cell phone then. I barely had a cell phone when T9 was out. Oh. But then I was out more than other members of my family sometimes. And yeah. I'd have to be like, Mom, come drive me home. <laughs> well, my brother, my brother basically kept a roll of change and had to call my mom on pay phones all the time. And yeah, then... Yeah. By the time I, pay I started, my dad from pay phones. <laughs> <gasps> I know. By the time we got from 
that to like the six years between us to the age where I was starting like I would call her up and be like hey in the summer I'm gonna go to my friend's house and I'm gonna walk yeah. there um it was a little different so totally. I think it was grade five so I was eight or no I was about 10 or 11 when I got a cell phone right for the first time and I basically never used pay phones like I think I've used one payphone once in my whole life to call somebody. So they basically just gave me, they bought my brother like a newer cell phone, then gave me his old one. And then I was like, okay, now you're just going to call mom on the cell phone and stuff. Well, because as a parent, it does make sense. You end up being like, oh, I wish I could have contacted her without calling the school. Or I would Uh try to message Rain on like, instagram because she had her tablet with her and stuff and it's like honestly we actually need her to have a cell phone like yeah because other people be like oh you don't want to get them a cell phone too early because they have everything nowadays it's like she's already had the internet she has youtube she's had all that yeah and now we actually need to get in touch with her sometimes and yeah like she has a cell phone now and her so Grammy's Grammy bought it for her and has mm-hmm. been paying for the the bill as a Christmas present. And that's been great. That's yeah, I was like, you know what? That was a really good idea. <laughs> and yeah. and Rain's been loving it and whatnot. And I don't know. I forget, but I guess we're just gonna go from there and <laughs> see how it goes. But it's it's like sometimes you really do need it when you can't you're going to pick them up or whatever and you're like oh i'm gonna be late and then like it really is nice just to be able to right i was basically the only one of my friends that had a cell phone for a good probably two or three years and then i can see that they were new yeah, it was like the prepaid cards when you got it. It was like $15. You'd load it on. You could text a hundred times or whatever. And then it was used <laughs> up. And then... Evenings and weekends minutes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then... Yeah. And then I got... What, my cell phone after that had the slide keyboard underneath it? So you slid it up and it had like oh, the yeah. under... Oh, fuck yeah. You thought I you had one the... like that and then it had a weird like... Instead of just like flipping clothes, it like did like a twist. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. it was like a not maybe a razor, but a Motorola something yeah, similar. It yeah. was indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not the Nokia. I've seen those yeah. videos. Yeah, I was telling you I watched crazy. this channel that I found through another podcast that like it just crushes everything with those big mnemonic presses. Oh, and they tried so to crush yes they try to crush this nokia thing and i was like that's why they say some of those old cell phones are so fucking indestructible because it was like 1000 pressure 2000 and it was just like and this phone was not breaking it was insane it's still ringing showing mom's calling (laughs) you're still playing snake (laughs) yeah Yeah. All right. Well, I have one more. Um, this was another out of Canada, a Jason Ramkishan. 
which again, I, I probably could have looked up pronunciation for, but I did not try. Because I suck. Um, but sadly, he was driving home from his job as a security guard late on the night of November 13th, 2023. Uh, it was another recent one. And he was heading down Highway 410 just outside of Mississauga, Ontario. Yes, Mississauga is a lot like Mississippi for you American listeners. <laughs> M-I-S-S-I-S-S-A-U-G-A is how it's spelled. <laughs> oh, I, I could not spell that without looking at it. I could spell Mississippi, though. I started spelling like Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, unfortunately, he's driving home and a car pulls alongside of his, you know, like deliberately slows down to bring alongside of his vehicle and opens fire. So Jason is shot and loses control of his car and veers off the cro- off the road near Courtney Park in Mississauga. Hmm. And he was found and taken to hospital where he was pronounced dead. Then two brothers were charged by Peel Regional Police in the crime. But actually in total, all said and done, no. At this point, four people had eventually been charged in direct connection with the crime. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is what kills me. Jason had the bad luck to be driving the same make and model of the car as their intended victim. Oh, and it was dark, you said? It's so... Yes, I believe it was... Yeah, it's nighttime. But it's similar to yours, and then... Yeah. There's similarities to the one that I did where there was a mistaken identity car thing in Vegas where a mother was shot, but also... She had gone back out looking for the car that pissed her off, yeah. you know, with her son with a gun. So it was like, I feel really bad for you, but also, like, people have to take, you know, there can be culpable also if they go yeah. back out looking for trouble. Ugh. Yeah. It's tough. Um, But this guy was literally just driving home from work, so I don't want to take away from that. Um. My dog's scraping the carpet outside. Uh, so, yes, they thought he had the same make and model of car with someone they had had an altercation with. Um, because they had had an altercation with a Honda Accord in the days previous. Um, actually, just three days before, on November 10th, an altercation broke out on Del Monte Crescent in Mississauga according to police where a 24 year old opened fired on a male victim in a 2013 Honda Accord that they ended up blocking in with their Volvo. So like the uh, people in the Volvo got out and started advancing on the Honda and shooting. Okay. Blocking the Honda in, but the Honda person victim was able to flee unharmed. Uh, but because they were blocked in, they weren't able to do so without damaging the the Volvo in the process. 
they must have hit on the way out <laughs> um and the i believe he's an inspector it said inspector marty ottaway said we believe the in- incident was the catalyst for what came next the ones in the Volvo that shot at the Honda later demanded $60,000 for damages, according to the judge in this case. Sure. And I don't know how they demanded that. I don't know how much Volvo's normally cost. That too! <laughs> that, was, that was my first thought, yes. $60,000? Yeah. A brand new car so. could be 50000 that's how much I think our the Ford the Ford Edge was the year Pat got it. Anyway. <laughs> I know my my SUV is I think with the trim line I bought and like GST and everything, it was almost thirty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, um, not even fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Um so, an Adrian Williams, 25, and Akeem Williams, 28, from the greater Toronto area, were charged. And Adrian was charged with first degree and attempted murder in the case. And Akeem was charged with attempted murder. Because one of them uh, was the driver who just slowed down. And the other one actually fired the shots. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a... I don't know, but you knew what you were getting into. Oh yeah, yeah. He sure does. Um, this is very sad. They said, as a young man, Jason had aspirations of entering law enforcement and had a great presence within his family and community. That was a quote from Chief Nershan hmm. Durapaya. Durapa. He had a really long last name that I knew I was going to butcher and there was nothing I could do about it, really. I could have looked up pronunciation. It's hard with names, too. (laughs) Sometimes there's not much. Yeah, and you don't know... Sometimes you don't know what country people even came from and there could be three different pronunciations depending on which country they come from and... That is true. They it could an- sound totally different. It. Yeah. yeah or it could sound totally yeah. different in each country based on what they emphasize when they pronounce it. Yeah. Sometimes we do try. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. It's tough. <clears throat> um, Ottaway added, this has been a tragedy for that family and friends and they miss him terribly. A 26-year-old Markham woman was also charged with being an accessory after the fact. A 26-year-old Milton woman was also charged with drug possession with intent of trafficking during the investigation. And also ties to guns and various gangs were quickly uncovered. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, it it wasn't just a dead-end case (laughs) at all. Yeah. Um, one article said that overall, uh, 15 people were arrested in the process and are facing over 115 firearms related charges. Jeez. I know. So that, that actually makes me pretty happy. Like they're taking it seriously. Um, 
Apparently, they seized seized multiple firearms, including a forty-five caliber handgun, two forty caliber handguns, five nine-millimeter handguns, and a twenty-two caliber assault rifle. So, yeah, yeah. Again, pretty big guns for Canada, especially. Um, Yeah, I don't like assault rifles. No. Like, what the fuck else are you using that for? I think that's the thing that most people realize is that, like, most citizens don't need those on a day-to-day basis, and they can just allow you to indiscriminately murder and, and, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not genocide, but massacre people, because you can kill so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should ban uh, anything that doesn't require you to reload, like, after at least six or nine shots or whatever. Standard, yeah, but civilians like, don't need AK-47s. <laughs> like, we just yeah. don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, and, I don't know. I was just going to use Pat as an example, but, you know, my spouse is ex-military. As yeah. I mentioned, PTSD, you know, could be considered, like, a little bit um, paranoid on the side, maybe. But, like, do you think he just, like, lives with a bunch of guns? Like, I mean, not that people in Alberta don't. We're kind of the Texas of Canada. But, like, yeah, it's just, it's not a thing that, like, you need to have. I don't know. Pat will yeah. collect different things. Like, he has, like, a crossbow. He has several, like, swords. <laughs> Yeah. But at the same time, he's mentally stable and not necessarily going to use them on a Greyhound bus to chop someone's head off. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because at least with him being in the army and stuff, they are like, no, you, you, you go to ther- therapy. We pay for that. <laughs> we did this to yeah. you. <laughs> now That's you good. Yeah. It is because so often veterans get the shit end of the stick but that's a whole obviously another kettle of fish so um mine's also ongoing so it also has a number you can call um anyone with information on the jason uh sorry what was his last name the last name ah there it is anyone with information on the jason Ram Kishin case, sorry if I'm saying that wrong, um, can leave uh, a tip with investigators. They can call 905-453-2121, extension 3205, or leave an anonymous tip with Crime Stoppers by calling 1-800-222-TIPS. That's the one I remember from Crime Stoppers. Uh, I've heard 222-TIPS yeah. so many times in my life before. I think they do have it in Australia, too. Maybe I heard that recently. Maybe it's a Commonwealth country kind of thing. Yeah. Um, although, to conclude, um, one person has been sentenced in the case. Adrian, the driver of the vehicle, so not, not the shooter, but the driver, uh, was sentenced to eight years in prison just last year in 2022. Um. But I, if I tried to look up his brother, Akeem, the apparent shooter, I could not find him. 
And the only Akeem Williams that came up was someone who was charged with killing a guy over a missing Xbox. And that was apparently in New York State. So oh. yeah. Interesting, but I don't think that was my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Sometimes one rabbit hole almost leads you to another. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, Xbox crimes? <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were my cases that I picked for this one. It was pretty short. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. Like, it's one thing to have somebody that... out there that wants you dead, but another thing for you to be murdered because somebody thought you were the wrong person or thought you were yeah, a the person. road rage part to me yes. ties into it because you're like yeah you barely have to you don't know someone to be mad at yeah. them for like something road rage related but people can and just get snap. mad enough to kill just yeah it's crazy yeah that's so scary i <sighs> also i watched a tiktok today about a canadian who's been living in a canadian who's been living in america for a little while and she was like talking about the differences and she was like honestly it's a lot the same she's like but yeah with the stereotype of us being a little more polite she's like here are some examples and was like say like you were to let someone out in traffic in front of you like normally in canada they might give you like a a courtesy honk or a wave or something yeah i'll try to acknowledge hand up yeah or even if you walk by someone on the street you might even just like nod or smile at them not yeah. in america she's like i don't find that here <laughs> oh, yeah oh it's awkward you're like there. we just made eye contact i guess i'm gonna kind of smile <laughs> she was cute she was like and then when they're driving they're just not that i haven't met americans i don't like she's like but they uh, they were always mad all the time driving <laughs> I was like, that reminds me of some places in Canada. I mean, road rage is just a thing, but... I think it's a city thing. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. The... I have like deadlines. I have to be there. I festive. didn't leave. Yeah, like, I didn't leave in enough time. Oh, there's traffic. Oh, there's construction. Like City traffic just... sucks. Yeah. yeah, people just let everything pile on. It's like, well, we didn't make you leave the house late. Whose fault is that? it's true i had to start driving like i didn't love the highway and merging as a new driver but yeah i've started to hate driving home through the city so much where i'm like drive the speed limit yeah. just just go that i'm like i'll just take even if it's more miles or whatever i'll take the ring road around the city sometimes now because it's just yeah uh, less stopping and yeah for sure my poor my poor brakes they've started to squeak if i use them too much and i'm like oh no pat's like that means they need to be replaced i'm like i just bought this car (laughs) yeah i'll drive it on the highway for a bit leave me alone (laughs) mine does it it'll start squeaking if it has rained and stuff like that but i think that's typical it doesn't normally do it like I'd say today, if it's like when it poured again. Yeah, I'd say yeah. if it's bone dry and you're outside and your brakes are squeaking, then probably. But otherwise, like if it's pretty wet out and stuff, I don't. Yeah. I think they were getting so much use <laughs> from me driving through the city. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've been going around sometimes, and now I'm like, oh, I don't, I've hardly even heard you. I haven't even had to break on my way home, you know? Nice, yeah. (laughs) Eh, They all have their problems, right? I mean. Yeah. (laughs) But. Anyway, we'll be happy to see you guys here next week. Yeah, what are we even talking about? I don't have my list. I mean, I have it written down as paranormal families. Yes. For the for the nods. (laughs) I think I might be talking about the Fox sisters. And that one might not even take me too long, so I might even talk about this one called Jeff the Mongoose, but we'll see. We haven't really done anything like medium, spirit, ESP related, so. Yeah, not really. No, this could kind of fall in that vein, but I don't know. Honestly, maybe I just wanted an excuse to talk about a couple weird families. So I was like, Kelsey. <laughs> I think, yeah, what? you just wanted to talk about the Fox sisters. So you're like, paranormal families. Oh, and because this one, it will come ar- out around my sister's birthday, too. So that w- yeah, that will help with fun. the theme. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited and we'll see you next week and keep it cryptic. Yeah, bye. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email. Please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Fair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!